Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you're only a little malicious, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by QM Engineer. Want me to dump that scrap? As you're the master sergeant, I'll comply. This was 20 plus years ago when I was at the army. As a conscript, I hated being there and I hated the master sergeant who was my superior. This hate was mutual. One day, we tried to find out why our tank wasn't working. Turned out that quite some parts were broken and needed to be replaced. We removed the faulty parts and threw them in a crate. While doing so, we created a long list of replacement parts to be ordered. When done, someone put that list on top of the scrap-filled crate and Master Sergeant ordered me to carry that heavy crate to a large scrap container and dump it all in there. I said it would be easier if two people did this instead of just me, but he insisted I do it alone. Of course, I made sure that long list of part numbers stayed on top of the scrap in the crate where they thoughtlessly put it. So it ended up at the bottom of the container after I dumped it all in there, covered by all that scrap. With glee, I watched the whole crew frantically search for that list for the remainder of the day. Not sure if I would have told them where it was, but they didn't ask me. It took us weeks to get that tank going again, because recreating that list to order the new parts without having the broken parts turned out to be almost impossible. It was in peacetime, obviously. Do you guys agree that this just goes to show, treat your employees with respect and you'll get better work out of them? If you had a boss that you just couldn't stand, wouldn't your quality or effort in your work just go down? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by STXMan89. Work overtime and get you transferred? Sure. So years ago, I was working for a popular restaurant supply chain as a forklift driver. I held many positions there over the years, but took a step down from management to work at a nicer store for the same pay. Every night, we were supposed to separate our pallets by type and leave them in the back. A lot of drivers failed to do this. Recently, we had gotten a new management trainee who, when closing the store, began to blame me for this. So one night, after I had finished up and separated my pallets, I had my department manager take a photo in front of them, giving a thumbs up to show to the manager when he inevitably blamed me for bringing an unseparated stack. Sure enough, I got a call to the office with the new manager saying he had seen me bring an unseparated stack to the back on camera. I pulled out my phone and said, the only stack I brought back was this one, showing him the photo. He got angry and said he had a video and he didn't care. He walked with me to the back room and there were a lot of unseparated pallets. He told me to organize them and I told him I did my job and I was going home. And if he had any problems, contact the store assistant manager who had made it clear I was not allowed to work any more overtime, as I was already getting too much already. The new trainee begins screaming in my face so angrily that he's spitting all over me, saying, I don't care he's not here right now, and I'm not afraid of him. I then said, sure, I'll do the pallets tonight, and spent the next two hours separating the pallets. The next morning, I walked in and right up to the assistant store manager, telling him exactly what had happened. 
He said, don't worry about it. I believe you, and he's being transferred to another store. Sure enough, he got transferred to the store I came from 25 miles away, where he already said he'd end himself if he was ever sent there. He got fired about a month later, after he sexually harassed a minor. As somebody in the comments said, Wow, he sounds unpalatable. Needless to say, this guy turned on his true colors a little too early. You gotta fake it till you make it at least a few more rungs up before you turn into a total jerk. The only time it's okay to be like that in that position is if you have a high up enough relative that your job's going to be secure anyways. Our next story is by Lonet5870. You want that laminated? At the time, I worked in the copy center of a popular office supply store. One evening, a 30-something man came in with his Super Bowl tickets and wanted them laminated to preserve them. It's important to note that a lamination does not preserve items long term. It yellows and can't be removed from the item. It makes it difficult to determine if the item is fake and eventually falls apart and peels. Secondly, and more importantly, lamination uses heat. So it turns heat printed items like Super Bowl tickets solid black, which eventually fades completely. It would ruin the tickets in 20 seconds. So I told him this and refused. He insisted. I refused, which was 100% allowed when it came to the lamination machine, as it destroys the customer's original media. He called me some names, so I continued to refuse. He called for a manager. The manager had exactly zero patience for any shenanigans at all. He told the customer no. The customer carried on with the tantrum. I typed up a basic release form as I knew what was coming. It stated that the lamination would destroy the tickets, had everything about the tickets, and was relatively ironclad coming from someone who makes minimum wage. The manager finally said fine, we would laminate them. I handed him the release and he insisted that the customer sign it. He told me to laminate the tickets and I refused again knowing that I could still be disciplined for running the originals. I always had the backing of management to refuse to ruin things. So the manager laminated the tickets. The tickets turned black. The customer lost his mind. The manager retreated to the locked office. The cops showed up and hauled off the customer. Corporate was not involved somehow, probably because of the cops. The customer claimed the tickets were worth over a thousand dollars each. But not anymore. The idea was definitely there and respect to them for trying to preserve these, but If you go to a specialist who does the exact thing you're looking for and says, hey buddy, don't do this, it'll completely ruin your tickets. What do you think, they're trying to scam you by not doing business with you? You think they want to turn you away? I'm sure they would love to take your tickets and laminate them if it was feasible. This next story is by Glyph of Ad Blocking, Schedule Black Magic. First a disclaimer, this occurred in a country that has both an awesome set of labor standards and the common practice of companies ignoring them, especially in my field. I was starting a new job. The basic contract had no serious red flags. After signing, the owner asked if I would be willing to work late one or two days to go home early one or two. I told her it was fine, as long as it was an even trade. Later, she said I should be at work 30 minutes early because work starts at 9am sharp. I met with the manager once before the start date, and she said the same thing about coming early. I decided to see how the rest of work and the schedule went before making a stink about it. If the hours were lax and they let us go home after wrapping up, no big deal. I started my first day and the schedule was a train wreck. I'm scheduled to work late three days and go home early one day. 
Hours work out to 40, but still not what I verbally agreed to. Breaks are 15 to 30 minutes throughout the day, and our labor standards state that for 40 hours, they should be a minimum of a one-hour block. Besides the small breaks, work was straight through 9 to 6. Breaks are unpaid and don't count against the 40 in this country but are still mandatory. Even after you wrap up your duties, you're expected to stay. Whenever I just mentioned needing to talk about it, the manager just said, it's okay or we can't change it now and refused to even listen. Cue malicious compliance. I kept meticulous records of my time and I combed the labor standards. More than 8 hours of work per day is overtime, more than 40 hours of work per week is overtime, any break that doesn't meet the minimum requirement is considered work, i.e. overtime. The owner asks me for a meeting when I'm on my way out of the door. More overtime. After the first month, I handed the owner my invoice for overtime payment. She was livid. Coming in 30 minutes early was a suggestion. No, I was told to do it by two supervisors. The breaks each add up to one hour each day. Doesn't matter, they should be a solid hour, not piecemeal. The meeting was just us talking. You told me you needed to talk to me. You didn't ask. You agreed to work late some days. Yes, for an even trade, this schedule isn't even. Why didn't you talk to us? I tried and the manager refused. The owner took the invoice and said she'd think about it. Her husband was a lawyer, so I'm sure she looked for ways to fight it. In the end, I was paid, my schedule was magically reworked to meet the requirements, and they begged me not to tell the other workers. Epilogue, I didn't directly tell the co-workers, but I did drop big hints about the labor standards when they asked about my schedule versus theirs. Sadly, they never pushed the issue. During the year I was there, I saw a huge employee turnover. They were simply overworked. One poor worker cried at least once a week. Only two workers that were there when I started remained when I left. This turnover led to client retention issues, which led to downsizing for the next cycle. I just love that OP knew that their husband was a lawyer, so them going, I'll think about it, is so obviously a ploy to just get more time to be like, hubby hubby, please look this over, is there any way we can get out of this? Use your lawyer skills to find a loophole in the labor laws of the country. This next story is by Shaftway. You're going to assign me to make balloon animals at a site with no kids? Okay, I'll just do my job. Way back in the long, long ago, in the before times, mid-level chain restaurants would have these people walk around to make balloon animals for kids as they waited for their food. I was a teenager and needed money, so I did this for a while. The restaurant would pay this agency, and they would tell us what restaurant to go to and when. Key to this story is that we were not paid. On an average night, I'd make around $50 in tips over 3 hours. On special nights, it could be as high as 200 but if there were no customers, I'd make nothing. After working for several months, I must have fallen out of someone's favor, and I got assigned to a restaurant in the business district. I have no idea why they wanted someone making balloon animals there. The key audience was kids, and I never saw anyone there under 30. The first night there? I made $5, which wasn't even enough to cover mass transit to and from the location. After being assigned there twice in a row, I complained, but was told that if I didn't go, I'd be banned from any more assignments. Cue the malicious compliance. The next week, when I was assigned there, which was the third time in a row, I waited until there were a couple guys at the bar that were tipsy. I go up and ask if they want balloon hats. No charge. They were hesitant, but I promised they'd be good. They agreed, and I got to work. 
I broke out all my skills to make these hats that were clearly people in a cage. The people were all pink and had prominent bubbles on the chest and derriere, an inflated balloon tied around the waist made for a bikini bottom, and a carefully tied balloon in their hand made for a bikini top. They asked what it was, and I told them, a stripper in a cage. They loved it. I got a $20 tip, but more importantly, they went to every person in the restaurant to show off their strippers and cages hats. They demanded to talk to the manager to tell him how awesome it was. The super, uptight, fundamentalist manager. Manager was majorly pissed and told me to go home early. Agency called, pissed off, but I used my most innocent voice to tell them I was just making what the customers asked for. And I didn't know they'd make a scene. Agency said, well, they banned you from ever coming back. The next week, I was back to another around $17 an hour location. Well, my friends, if you gotta make some stripper balloons to make some money, or at least save you from a bad situation, guess that's not the worst thing to do, right? Honestly, anybody that can make balloon things out of tying them around feels like a pretty talented thing. And our final story of the day is by Teflon Jacket. All work must be covered by a permit. This was about 10 years ago. I was working on a project to migrate the contents of a data center to another data center about 50 miles away. Once empty, the data center would be decommissioned and sold off. This data center contained three separate halls and two comms rooms. Each hall was huge and filled with hundreds of server racks, tables, etc. Big enough that the walls had alphanumeric markers, so you could use a grid reference to find the rack you were interested in. For example, rack 237 was at A34. This data center was very old. There were long forgotten about servers and cables that disappeared under walls into other halls. The first task was to audit everything. What each rack contained, what network ports were used, what was it connected to, was it still required, etc. It was a mammoth task that would take months. This meant going there every day and most weekends for very long periods at a time. Access to the data center is tightly controlled. In order to be allowed in, you need to complete a permit to work, PTW. This would say you were a person A going to work in Hall 1 on this date and needed access to server ABC in Rack 123. Once allowed in, you would be given the key to that server rack and only the rack mentioned in the PTW. PTWs are okay for one-off jobs, but when you need to audit everything, it becomes a huge pain. After a week of submitting these PTWs and being explicit about which racks I would audit that day, I started to get annoyed. I asked the data center staff if I could submit one PTW, which would give me access to everything for the nine months I would be working there. They flatly refused. All work must be covered by its own PTW. I suspected that they were annoyed at the data center being shut down and wanted to be deliberately difficult. So I did just that. I had a full list of all devices in the data center, so I wrote a macro to fill in the three-page Word document requesting access to each rack individually for each day of the next two weeks. The macro then emailed each Word document to the PTW mailbox. The macro didn't complete. It stopped once emails to the mailbox started getting mailbox's full messages. I then got a call from the data center manager who asked what was going on as she was getting mailbox alerts and no PTWs could be processed. I explained everything and said I was told to submit multiple PTWs. 
She suggested I submit one generic request to cover the next nine months, and she would talk to the data center staff. My generic PTW was approved, and afterwards, the staff just left me to get on with it. You gotta love when you pitch an idea that makes so much sense, and they're like, no, 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 just use the regular process. You do so and it blows up because it's not made to cover every possible scenario, and the manager's like, well, why don't you just do insert exact thing you offered initially? It's awfully frustrating, but also equally satisfying. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.